0: Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Mbakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. One of the things that came to mind, and I wanted to be speaking at the tail end of the anniversary month, Mujibigi Three years, three years in. And I thought to myself, anniversaries, birthdays, even New Year's, does something to human beings. It forces us to stop and reflect. I'm sure whenever Percy is with his family in the evenings, he has sat and asked himself, what have the last three years been like? What do the next three years look like? When it's your birthday, suddenly you become very reflective. Even the most cheerful individual on their birthday, something happens to them where they stop and think. End of next month, a lot of you will become philosophers. You start reading books about New Year's resolutions. In the car on the way here, my wife and I are actually discussing what have we, at least there's one thing we have ticked, we are happy we have done this year. But then there are other things. It's just who we are. And so I thought to myself, is it time for this church, and is God asking me to speak to this church at a time when they are reflecting on what they really should be reflecting on? Now, when I was uh, thinking about this yesterday, I had no idea what the last three years have been like, what the next couple of years will be like. But as your pastor has been speaking here today, I got a sense that this is what God wants me to share. A bit later on, I'll be taking you to Luke chapter five. But before that, I've been in an interesting space this weekend. I've been in a space where I've been watching a movie that's really made me think about, and it's funny, sometimes God can speak to you through a movie. Sometimes he can speak to you through a book, through a song, through an experience. Let us always have our eyes and ears open. I won't talk about the movie. They haven't paid me to market it. (laughs) But uh, some of you might guess as I talk about it. And for those of you writing notes, my sermon today is the success paradox. You know, Oyola. I need to use a good title I you are uh, unwritten next time. The success paradox. Paradox, contradictions in an individual, in a body. That's what a paradox is in a nutshell. I've been watching a movie this uh, weekend about a comedian who is at the top of his game. Very successful, global to us. You know the movie. Don't, don't, don't shout the name. And as I watched it, a few thoughts came to mind. One, I stand here today as a believer who is sold out to God. Who says that all I need is you. Only you can satisfy. But yet, as I watched that movie, my heart, uh, it's like I put the spirit aside, and my flesh began to desire. I noticed. I found myself, 1 a.m., I'm still awake, I'm watching the movie, not just because of the storyline, but because there are aspects that the star of the movie is, is, uh, has access to, that my heart, unfortunately, desires. And I ask myself, what is it about the human heart that no matter how we we dig ourselves and we say, God, you are enough, and you are everything that I need, that you just need to see one thing, a neighbor with a new car, another pastor with a bigger church, someone getting married and you see their pre-wedding photos, someone uh, doing a baby shower, and your heart immediately forgets what God has done, but begins to crave after what that person has. The definition of success is is something that dominates human beings from the time a child understands what success is, to an old man looking back over his or an old lady over their legacy and wondering if they've been successful. Three things that stood out for me in this movie that made me wonder, why do we crave after success when success, at the end of it all, looks very empty? So the start of the movie, a couple of interesting things What happening to them. One, a scandal happens to them. But even before the scandal happens, they do not look happy. They are at the top of their game. But you can still see a restlessness in their hearts. It's as if God programmed us in a way that even if you achieve that which you are praying for today, you will never be happy. I watched this thing and I thought to myself, I compare this character before the scandal and after. It's just that after the scandal, they are more emotional. But before, their heart is not happy. They are still craving after things. And it struck me that even if I, as Wahiga Muaura, even if this church achieves everything that they believe they want, unless God is in it, it will never satisfy. The second thing that I noticed from this movie, it felt like the more successful the star got, the more isolated they became. You know, I've had people saying it's lonely at the top. Okay, I've also had people saying it's lonely at the bottom. <laughs> Whichever way you look at it, if, if, if God answers all your prayers, you may be more isolated than you ever thought you would be. But I am just picking lessons as I was watching it. The third thing that I noticed, and it's very unfortunate, the stars family paid the price for his success. I pray none of us will ever have our families pay the price for our success. You've had of families of bishops, you've had families of stars. You ask their children, are you happy with what your father or your mother is doing? And they say, we never grew up with them. And it's strange because even when we look at the people we admire, the Billy Grahams, the Benny Hills, people who command global success, you might be surprised that their children Wish they had more time with their parents. Just simple lessons that I picked up as I was watching that movie. Keep your eyes open. You never know how God will speak. The success paradox. What is success? The dictionary will give us different meanings. In Nairobi today, success is defined by a couple of things. One, if your name is on a top 40 over 40 list. I saw they announced this week, was it last week? You browse through. You're like, I know this guy, I know that guy. Hey, hafa is 40. Oh, I'm an in a 40. Might I ever be on that list? Success is global awards. Success is great Instagram pictures. Yeah. Eh? Success is professional success. Possessions. Travel. Your pastor even gave hints of success. Here, he told Dubai, you had a lady screaming in the corner that's how we define success today and the funny thing is that success has even found its way into the church Pastor, i didn't write these notes as i was listening to you i wrote them last night bigger congregation bigger choir global tours is how success is defined in the church as well and i found it very interesting when i began to ask myself why do we who are in the church sound so similar to those who are in the world. If you take the New Year's resolution of a believer in a church in Nairobi, and take the New Year's resolution of someone who does not attend church, chances are 80% of that list will be similar. I don't stand here today because I am on the other side that I have evolved beyond global definitions of success. I stand here today because just like you, I ask myself, if Christ is my all in all, if to live is Christ and to die is gain, why am I so triggered by what I see, by what I hear in the world around me? Why would I leave this service today, hell-bent, so to speak, on finding success God's way, Until somebody texts me or calls me or I watch something and my mind immediately forgets everything and starts saying, God, give me, answer me, answer those prayers of mine. That's the only way I'll be happy. Before I get to the scripture, someone did a study in the States about 21 challenges that the modern church is facing. I mean that stuff was mind blowing. Pastor, I'll send you the article. This is uh, me declaring that I have not plagiarized. I'm trying to finish my thesis, so I'm very aware of that right now. And four things. You know, I sometimes wonder if we face greater trouble as Christians today than some of the uh, those in the earlier church did. Now, don't get me wrong. Those in the earlier church faced beheading, expulsion. they were going to be, some of them were cast from their families never to see your mother, father, brother, sister, husband, wife again. They paid a heavy price for the gospel. But there are things they did not go through that we go through today. And in many ways we've put ourselves in that situation. The first challenge that the modern church and many believers here face, which unfortunately then affects how we view success, is one, biblical illiteracy. A survey was carried out in America that said, 82% of Americans, America is the, the measuring stick of, of faith in that when you say an American pastor is coming, you feel your church. We believe that the gospel comes from Israel, somehow through a white pastor in America, here to us. It's unfortunate, but it's the truth. I remember whenever out here, a, a foreign pastor is coming at the key. I feel like they carry a a more real award. Yet we are told that 82% of Americans believe that the Bible says that God helps those who help themselves. Another 50% of graduating high schoolers in America think that Sodom and Gomorrah, I actually thought this, this was a joke, were husband and wife. Can you believe it? We live in a society. We live in a church that is biblically illiterate. And that is why when the world presents to you what success is, because you have nothing to compare the world's definition with, because you haven't soaked yourself in the word of God, then you will be taken by every wind and every fad that comes your way. Second thing, very quickly, a challenge that I think early believers did not face that we face here today social media now social media is good he talked about podcasts i know people like my wife use social media for good sharing the gospel through their music once in a while i'll uh, copy paste a a a nice quote from somewhere and put it there and say praise god and that sort of thing but we know by and large social media is redefining what we consider as priority as good and as bad and it's getting into the church and it's even forcing pastors to take pictures with crowds so that you draw attention. You want to take a, you, I see guys, selfie. There's pressure. And that pressure, unfortunately, is making it very hard for God to speak to some of us. The third thing that I saw, a culture of consumerism that began in the world and has found its way into church. And by church, don't think of a building. Think of you and I what am I saying? Church shopping. What am I getting from the church that I'm going to? I must get something today. So people choose churches that fit them and match their checklist of preferences. So we have many problems. One, we're not reading the Bible. Instead, we're on social media 24/7. Social media is changing how we think. Even where I go to church, even where I go and minister, akuna crowd ako siendi. I've been called to sing, uh-uh. Uh-uh. that's not my standard. I've been called to give, uh-huh. but that ministry is not going anywhere. It's a big problem. And finally, as a modern church, we have a great aversion to commitment. You know there was something about believers of those days, that when they were all in, they were all in. But ask your pastor today what he has seen in terms of commitment. <laughs> I run a school media fellowship. I've run it for eight years. What God has taught me? You know in Nairobi we say, we say Nairobi teaches you character development. I have learned. People don't like to commit. We live in a culture that loves options. You don't want to commit. I want to know that if I can go there, I can go there, I can go there, depending on how I feel. And that's why you have a dichotomy in your spirit. That you come to church, and yes, you soak in the word of God, but the rest of the week when you're out there, the enemy is able to mess with you over and over and over again. And finally, it will determine how you view success, what you make your priorities, how you live out the rest of your life. And the sad thing is, when the enemy has done that to a majority of believers, We will never be impactful because we are so caught up yes we have a measure of God the fact that you're here today shows that you have a measure of God you have an interest in God but the truth of the matter is God cannot use all of you because he does not have access to all of you and thus when you're making your resolutions as a church as individuals some of your resolutions are going to be God-leaning but a majority any Tom, Dick, and Harry out there will make the same resolutions. And so I began to ask myself when I look at the Bible, the book of Luke, chapter 5, from 1 to 11, I have shared this message so many times, this particular scripture, I think I need to, I need to hang it on my wall. It speaks to me every time in a new way. Let me take you there so that nobody says the preacher was biblically illiterate. Luke chapter 5 verse 1 to 11 says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said, Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a cut. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were the others, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, they left everything, and they followed him. This scripture is remarkable because in many ways you can put yourself in the shoes of Simon. And there are many responses you could have had to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go line by line. So Jesus He's standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And we believe today that Jesus is everywhere. So he's here today in this church. He's walking around. He's walking through the hours. He's listening to our hearts and whether we are responding to his voice. And the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. So Jesus is there and he's got followers with him. But there are some fishermen out there going about their daily business. And sometimes Jesus can speak can look for you in church, sometimes he can look for you at the office, he can look for you in your ministry, he can look for you anywhere. And so these guys are minding their business, they are washing their nets, and the Bible tells us he gets into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. And I'm wondering, it's, I'm assuming it's morning, it's daytime, they're washing their nets, they're done with the job, it's closing time, it's time to go home, they must be exhausted. And yet, here is Jesus now. He wants to start row with him. And sometimes I think God is very interesting. When he wants to talk to you, when he wants to interrupt your affairs, sometimes he does it when it's most inconvenient. <laughs> are, we, are we ready? Are we the kind of people that say, God, use me morning when I'm fresh and evening when I'm not fresh. Use me when I'm tired and when I'm rested. Use me when it's Christmas. When it's New Year's, well, we thank God that Simon allowed him. He must have asked for permission. Can I get on your boat? We thank God that Simon allowed him. And we are told a little bit further on that it had been a horrible night for Simon. They had worked hard all night. Nothing had happened. So there were many factors that would have allowed Simon to say, you know what, Lord? Come tomorrow. I'll be ready for you. How many of you are telling the Lord today, come tomorrow? Today is just not convenient. And so the Bible tells us that he gets into one of the boats, he puts out from the shore, then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So to make matters worse, Lord, you've come at a very bad time. It's not convenient. I haven't made any profit today. I don't know what I'm going to take home to my family. Then now you want to use my boat to go and preach? and that sort of thing but how powerful it was that by allowing these things to happen Simon was slowly opening the doors through which the master would reveal to him what real success is and, 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 and let me take you a bit further on so the Lord asked him put out into the deep water and let down the nest for a catch Jesus is just piling on the pressure. It was a very inconvenient time when the Lord asked him, try again. And so he does it. And the Bible records, and this is where some pastors stop. Because that was such like, a This is what you guys came to hear. They, but to see who you they, see, <laughs> you They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began I call That their nets began. To break. How many want to catch fish back at their nets? nets begin to break. Am I just me? Their nets began to break. You know, we live in a very materialistic world. Let me tell you, in the job I work in, we monitor YouTube viewership, we monitor uh, likability of posts, we are judged by how much fish we catch. It becomes such a part of you that you don't even think about it when you're looking at the things of God. How many guys have gotten saved under my voice? How large, how many people have cried as I sang? Watch, it, you close your eyes and sing. And as I watch people, you're counting. When well, you know I, out. have you know, have touched their hearts. I've said, hey, no, guys were moved. We are so materialistic. I want to talk about money, even just how we view things. That sometimes I suspect God struggles to know how to speak to us. Let me wrap this up real quick. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets begin to break, so much so that their success overflows to the boats around them. I need to frame this scripture, reminding me of a couple of things. That their boats began to sink. What magic is this? That after a whole night's labor, one command from God your net is full. I know prosperity Peter, but for those of you for whom you've been trusting God for open doors, may he open doors at his word. In Jesus' name. But we don't stop there. Because the Bible then tells us that Simon Peter is a smart man. May we be like him. Somebody once told me when they talked about the scripture, they said at this point, a Kenyan would have signed a contract with Jesus. (laughs) Exclusive plus NDA, five to ten year contract. That 50-50 profit share. Every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you come, you preach, we fish. Repeat. Started there, Jesus, Simon Peter, and sons. Because as human beings, we want to repeat that success. We want to repeat that it would have become a you know huge fishing empire. But the Bible says that when Simon Peter saw all this, it's as if his eyes were opened. And he fell at Jesus' knees and said, yeah, go away from me. Why are you telling Jesus go? Stay! Go away from me, because I am a sinful man. If Christ was to open our eyes today to our sin. Many of us would not stand in this sanctuary. We wouldn't even sit in the seats. No one would dare to stand there if our eyes were open to just how sinful we are. But the Bible tells us, for he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they were taken, and so are others as well. But I love the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows he's dealing with human beings that are flawed. Thank God that he does not punish us as he should. If he was to do to us what they would do to some under the law, I think some of us would not have survived our birthdays. (laughs) 18th, 20th, you name it. Because Jesus said to him, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So the success that he woke up in the morning looking for, he has achieved it very quickly he's caught more fish than he's ever done in his life but then he's been shown a new level of success that instead of waking up to fish that will end and fish that you know it ends today you sell fine you make a bit of money and there is a new technology where you can fish for people and two thousand years later a man in a blue coat in a church in a bakassi, Will be speaking about not your fishing, fish, but your fishing for people. And I believe that we don't want the kind of success that will die just here and now, but a legacy that only God gives. And I believe this church should desire not just to fill pews, but to impact men and women that will go out there. You know, sometimes we are reminded that there is a man who led Reinhard Bonke faith. If he did that and retired, there's a man who let Billy Graham to say a man or a woman. You, you prayed for that one guy, you retire. Because the impact of the man or woman you've touched will outlive generations. And the Bible tells us that they pulled up their boats on shore, they left everything. It was no longer a consideration. I don't need this anymore. And they followed him. Jesus, till today, is looking for 5, 10, 15 men and women who one can allow him to operate in their circumstances, wherever they are, whether they have been successful or not, whether it's a failed project. If he says, I want to come in there, you open doors. You don't hide it from him. He's looking for men and women. It's a failed relationship. It's a failed something. He wants to do something in there. You open doors for him. Then he shows you new levels that you've never imagined. But you have to ask yourself, if you want success God's way, are you ready to do it on his terms? Are you ready to do it his way? Is this church ready to do it his way? Or are they going to try and copy what everybody else is doing, which is what we do here today, unfortunately. The Bible tells us in closing, in Romans 12, verse 2, a word that is so familiar to many of us, but we have to keep fighting it because of our flesh. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Whether it is success, whether it is love, whether it is whatever it is, career, do not conform to the success of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will i bring two messages here today as i close one message is to individuals here today all of you are on a journey with ambition and drive to achieve that which you'd want to achieve in the short time that we all have on this earth If you discover what success God's way is, you will do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you can imagine in him through that. It's hard. It's not easy. I don't bring a magic formula. But I tell you that if you follow the steps that Simon Peter followed, he was awake and alert. He realized something was changing. He grabbed the opportunity and his life was never never the same again. May that be said of some here. But I also speak to this church on this anniversary. A time of reflection. May you be reminded once again what you are called to do as a church. May God confirm and reveal once again, and I like, Pastor, you said the church is in an interesting space. So much has happened. COVID, realignments, virtual, you name it. That the master, whether you are 20 or 200 or 2,000, may know that when he steps down into Epacastia, There's a church where people are waiting upon Him. There's a church where people want to hear Him. There's a church where people are willing to be used. May that be said of this church. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.